0: Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Daryl Strawberry. Daryl is an American former professional baseball right fielder and author who played 17 seasons in Major League Baseball. And now he's coming out with a new book called Turn Your Season Around, which is what him and I are going to talk about a little bit today. Um, I'm super excited to jump into this conversation with Daryl. But first, really quickly, if you like to be interviewed on podcasts, if you find that to be an effective way to get your message out into the world... Then head over to guestio.com and check out the software that we put together recently that connects podcasters with guests in a really high level manner. That's guestio.com. You can go on there browse through our growing catalog of free and paid guests for your podcast or shows to be a guest on. So guestio.com. Go check it out for free today. Daryl, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the show. I'm excited to have you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. So let's go ahead and spend the beginning of this conversation back in time. And uh, I want you to build a little bit of context for those listening. Okay, set the scene. Tell us what it was like growing up being Daryl, meaning, you know, where'd you grow up? What was your family life like? What were your, you know, activities and things like that at the time?
1: Well, that's always a good question because, you know, most people always think because you become a professional athlete, you grew up with this picket fence and everything was great. But in my life, it really wasn't like that. I grew up in a dysfunctional home. My dad was, you know, completely raging an alcoholic. And, you know, he came home for the last time when I was like 14 years old and, and drunk again and said he, he pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. So had it not been for my mother getting me and my brothers out of the house that night, it could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put a uniform on. So, wow. yeah, I grew up with a lot of a lot of craziness and you know, I just remember that night, I remember my brother Ronnie going to grab a butcher knife, and I grabbed a frying pan, and you know, we just really came close to killing him that night, and you know, from that day forward, you know, my mother made it clear that he would no longer be in the house, because she saw for the first time that my kids and my boys have got involved now, and um, I put them in a real tough situation, and like I always said, you know, my pain uh, led me to my greatness, and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. I think a lot of times people see celebrities, and They think, well, you know, they should have it all together because uh, they have this talent or they have this amazing gift to do so many great things. But we really don't know what happens in people's lives. We don't know where people come from. We just assume that it should be good. So I guess that's what everybody assumed it should be good because I went on from a dysfunctional family, a broken household, going on to play Major League Baseball for 17 years and achieving all these great things. And but still on the inside I might've looked great on the outside far as talent wise and, and the way I was performing and looked like I was happy on the outside, but from the inside, I was broken on the inside and, and that stays with you. You know, it, it, it's a part of who we become. We just learn to deal with it. We learn to live with it. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's not until a person, you know, really enter into a place of getting healed on the inside more than anything. Uh, then he really fulfills the real purpose of his life and the promises over his life.
0: What do you think sparks that desire to change?
1: Well, I, I think you know that that's not who you really are because I was raised right. I, my mother raised me right. It wasn't like, you know, I was raised in, in a bad place. You raised five of us the yeah. right way. You know, so I, I, it was the decisions of lifestyle and, and living lifestyles and seeing things and tasting things and seeing that stuff was good that you like and you get consumed with it. You get consumed with all these earthly things. I think that's what it really all boils down to. Like a lot of us do, you get consumed with all these earthly things and you think the pleasure of all these earthly things are good. And, you know what we don't understand nothing lasts lasts forever not even us you know mm. and we think it will last forever but it doesn't and you get in the middle of it then you find yourself in the middle of the trap of it then you find you wonder how can you get out and then why are you in the middle of it you always question to yourself who am i i mean i think this is what most celebrities go through you know we are you know they have a celebrity status but you'd be like who am i really at the end of the day if i didn't have all these things would all these people be around me? Would all these people be patting me on my back and telling me yeah. how good I am, how great I am? I think a lot of that stuff you deal with too when you go on down that road.
0: So I'm curious to hear a little bit more tactics on on some of these things, Daryl. But for, I want to kind of go back in the in the story a little bit and talk about high school days for you, um, if that was kind of the way that you were growing up at the time when you were in high school, did you have your sights already set on the pros at that point? Or like, were, did you already, you know, display enough enough talent to where you knew that was kind of the trajectory you were headed toward? Or were there other dreams, goals, oh, ambitions in there?
1: Oh, no question. I mean, I knew when I was 14 years old, I was going to play major league baseball, you know, okay. kind of wrote that on the door at my house, you know, that I'm going to the pros. And my sister used to say, what is that all about? I says, well, I'm when I watched baseball, I said, one day that's going to be me. And then I was around 14 years old. So my dreams were big, you know, because, like I said, the pain that I was in, you know, because of the rejection, you know, from my father that said I would not never turn out to be anything. I wanted to prove that point wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was my dream to, you know, have have that kind of gold for myself and and believe in myself. And I, and I did, you know, in, in my days of uh, Little League and playing up growing up in South Central California and then going to Crenshaw High, I just remember from there uh, learning how to become a man, you know, playing basketball. And um, I just remember my basketball coaches teaching me, you know, real things, real lives and real discipline. Uh, Cause when you got in trouble, they made you run suicides all day in practice. You didn't practice. You just ran all day. So you learned a lot of different things there. And, and that was the real discipline part. And, and I just remember my first year in high school playing baseball and I, my high school coach, I remember jogging off the field. And then I remember taking a couple of steps, walking, into the dugout and he came up to me and thumped me on the head and said, don't ever walk off this field again. And I took the uniform off and threw it in his face and quit You know, my first year in high school. So I, I realized that I had a lot, a lot of things to learn, but at the same time, I knew I was broken and hurting on the inside because of the rejection. And sports was a great outlet for me. And my mm-hmm. basketball coaches brought the discipline to me. And I went back to baseball and I was more disciplined my um, junior year and senior year. And I got into the flow of things. And I kind of knew I was going in a direction to play uh, professional baseball one day.
0: So you you played multiple sports. Was baseball always the 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 love the love type sport, or did you consider other sports as well?
1: Well, I considered other sports as well. You know, playing football, but you know, I just figured you know you you're not going to last long in that. You know, you can get hurt any day. Basketball yeah. I played. I was great in high school in basketball, and I probably could have went on to college to play basketball, but I realized that jumping up and down. You know, eventually the knees are going to be shot and the ankles are going to be all messed up. So why not stick to baseball? The only thing that can happen in baseball, somebody drill me with a fastball and it's going to hurt a little bit, but I can always get back in the game. So I I learned I I had to learn that process that that was part of it, you know, so baseball became really easy for me to you know gravitate towards of how good I really want to be, because I saw myself growing and developing into the player. That I wanted to be not what everybody else wanted me to be, but I knew exactly what I wanted to be.
0: In your career, was there a time that you look back on as being the time where your talent was really tested the most? And let me kind of frame that question a little bit differently. I find that a lot of people underestimate the amount of work that it takes to truly be great at something, and you can get away with it for a certain extent of time, right? like you you can you can rely solely on talent, I think, to, a certain level if you happen to have some some God-given ability. But beyond that, it comes down to one thing, which is hard work. Was there a time in your life, do you remember it as being like, you know, I'm here at the field putting in reps when everybody else is going and doing these other things? Do you remember looking back on that for, for anything no like No question
1: about it. No question about it. We we did that yeah. every year, going home after every season. Uh, every season wasn't great, great enough for me. And, you know, I want to improve every year. And, and me yeah. and myself and Eric, Eric Davis and All of us that played together growing up in South Central, we we got together every year, the first of January, we start our training, we start going into it, you know, we wouldn't be in in camp until like the end of February, March, but you know, we knew getting ourselves ready was the most important thing. It was never about the ability, we always knew we had the ability because we grew up together, and we knew that we had the skill set to play at any level, it's just a matter of how good we wanted to be. And, mm-hmm. and that was the drive for us. I think a lot of times people don't understand. You know, I was a guy when everybody else was sleeping and, and kind of laying back and already in the big leagues. I was a guy that was still driving, you know, driving a car uh, to go forward, you know. And, and I just knew that I wanted to be the best at what I was doing. And for me to get there, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. Great players And great athletes are always working when other guys are sleeping. And Mm -hmm. when other guys are sleeping, we're out there training and running and doing all the things that we need to do because our drive is totally different than I'm tired. I'm never tired, you know. It's like I got to get up, I got to go. You have to motivate yourself. And you realize that you don't need anybody else to motivate you. You need to bring the affirmation to yourself of how good you really want to be. And I think that was the drive for myself and my friends as we – Came together and wanted to play in the major leagues.
0: Tell us the story of when you got the news that you were actually made it to the majors.
1: Well, I was excited about the whole fact. You know, I was 21 and I was just playing in Triple A and after playing a few years in the minor leagues. And my manager was Davey Johnson at the time in Triple A and, 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 AAA and tie Water, And he just sat me out the night I came to the ballpark and I goes, Why am I sitting? And he goes, Well, you're going to the big leagues tomorrow. And I was like, okay, but I still could play. He said, no, I didn't want you to think about all that. I want you to think about you going up and you're going to be playing in the big leagues. So it was an exciting time for me. And, you know, once I got there, I realized that, you know, it was a lot different than anything that I would ever experience in my life. And it was going to be a greater mm-hmm. challenge for me. And I had to really uh, focus in and I had to really learn the importance of what it is to be in the big leagues. And, you know, I, I always credit my my career going forward to to a guy by the name of jim fry he was the hitting coach uh for the Mets at that time in 1983 when i came up and and he just told me as a young player he said if you ever want to be great at this you need to be at the ballpark early every day and i showed up he said you need to show up at two o'clock i showed up at three o'clock and he just told me he came up to me and he looked at me he says i'm never going to wait for you again i'm telling you if you want to be here you want to be great at what you're doing you'd be at this ballpark early every day. And I was at that ballpark early every day at two o'clock and we worked and we worked and we worked and and, and it just came into play. Everything that he saw in me, everything that he believed in and that he saw in me, he brought that out of me and that I became Daryl Strawberry, the player I was.
0: How many people do you think, you know, in a team culture, a team environment, how many people do you think operated with that mentality? You know, obviously there's, there's disparity, right? There's, there's professional, you know, sports, professional athletes, but then there's like the guys in the sports, you know what I mean? Like the people that are, that move the sports forward and the, the all-stars of the leagues, which you were, I think what, eight times, nine times. Um Eight times. So you obviously played at an extremely high level at the highest level possible. And there are a lot of other people who didn't do that. So at this highest level possible, how many people as a percentage do you think were the ones that were still showing up early and staying late?
1: Well, not many, you know, even, you know, even, even showing up early, it's, 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 am I really dedicated to it? It's how much work you're really going to put in, you know, are you just going just to put in a little work? Or are you going to really work? And that's what, you know, the under, understanding that with Jim Fry was, is, is coming in there, putting in the work so you can elevate yourself to be the best. And, and that's what he pushed me into. And once I realized that, then I realized I got it. I got exactly what he was saying. Because a lot of guys really could have the talent, but are are they built inside? You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to be built inside, not what you look like on the outside. There were a lot of more guys, more physical, stronger, you know, a lot stronger than I was, and, and probably could do more, but they couldn't put all the pieces together. And, you know, and, and that's the difference of a guy being able to go to the next level, and become great at what he's doing. He he mastered it. He puts it in his back pocket and he keeps it in his back pocket. He don't leave it anywhere. And that's what Jim Fry gave me. What he gave me that year, of the work that I was putting in is to put it in your back pocket and keep it in your back pocket because he was like, I'm not going to be here every, every year, but you're going to have this gift that i'm giving to you and if you take it and you cherish this gift and you use this gift and you utilize it for good it's going to change everything about your performance when you play and it did every year i took that gift and i used the gift that i had and it changed my performance every year
0: Besides hard work, Daryl, what are a couple of other things that we might not be thinking about that you view as being crucial if you want to be able to do really anything at that level but uh, but sports in particular?
1: Well, I think what's really important is discipline. Do you have the discipline to be consistent at what you're doing? And I think a lot of times a lot of guys don't have that discipline. Some some guys get caught up into the middle of everything and they forget about the discipline of the training and the work that you're putting in. See, in the offseason, I never let anything get in the way of who I was when I started training. You know, once I started training, it was everything else to shut down. You leave everything else alone, and you got to separate yourself. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. You know, they they don't understand, well, why do you separate yourself from everything and everybody when you start training? It's because I'm focused. You know, I I got something to focus on. I got something to look forward to. And I think the ones that don't have anything to look forward to, uh, they think they do, but they go halfway about it. But if you want to, if you want to be great at it, you want to master at what you're doing, you're going to have to be sometime on the outside of everybody else and what everybody else is doing. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to I want to do what my ability ha- that I have inside of me to I want to use that for my my gift, and if I try to look over on the other side and say, "Well, I want to be like him, I want to be like her," then I'm never going to be like me. You know, we're unique people, and there's something great about each one of us. And when we find out about that in ourselves, we usually can ever we usually can take it to a whole different level.
0: What percentage of baseball would you put as in the everything else bucket versus what percentage would you put in the mindset bucket?
1: The everything else bucket is is is. It's a big percentage, you know, of players like that, and they wish they could do everything, but do they really work hard enough to do it? And, and there's a small percentage, you know, that know exactly, you know, how to conquer this. Uh, it, it's just, you know, maybe five, ten percent at the most, you know, because everybody, you're going to have good, you're going to have good players, but the great player separates himself from the good players, yeah, and, and right. that, and that, that's a big difference in from, you know, how. It's a lot of times people say, well, is it the talent? No, a lot of lot a lot, lot of guys have more talent than I, but they just didn't, you know, they they didn't work hard enough at it. You know, they thought, well, it's just gonna come, it's gonna be natural, it's gonna come. And it does, it comes natural, but it, you still have still, it doesn't matter how much talent you have, you still have to put the work in. And when you look at great athletes, they always want to put the work in. They always Constantly working, no matter how good I'm, I'm already at it. I got to continue to be working at it to get better at it, and I think that's that, that's the big difference. You know, some guys just get content and get satisfied Well, well, I'm just this because this is what they say I am. No, you know, they 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 told me I wouldn't be able to hit like I would with a high leg kick, and you know where where my back was. They said I wouldn't ne- never be able to get around on fastballs. But guess what? Oops, you were wrong. I did it anyway. And, you know, that's because I believed in it. So I think that's the importance of one believing in himself in whatever part uh, of life you go through and you got to believe in yourself.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, so I I, I would love to ask more questions about sports and performance just because I'm a okay. huge sports guy myself, but um, I, I do want to make sure that we talk a little bit about what you got going on now, Daryl. So, so walk me through... Before we move into that, I just selfishly want to ask you like one one last thing on, on the on the career there uh, what was like was there a defining moment for you as a professional baseball player? Um, and then and then once we answer that we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about the book and what you got going on these days.
1: yeah I, I, I mean I think the defining moment for me was to really get settled in and and not have a chip on my shoulder. be confident in who I was but don't have don't carry a chip on your shoulder. And make yourself believe that you're better than everybody else. Because see, my mother raised me right, and see a lot of guys that, that that end up in professional sports like that. They get to that place and they let their ego run wild, and they perceive themselves as better than everybody else. No, everybody's got talent. Everybody can play. It doesn't. You don't have to put yourself in the position and in that position to make yourself any better than anyone else. And I think I, I think that's really what defined finding me as a ball player is not not comparing myself. And just knowing that I was good enough to play at their level and go out and compete.
0: How long did it take in, in order for you to feel like that?
1: Well, I think it took a couple of years. You know, once I, you know, my first, second year, and third year, once I was in the big leagues and everything. After I experienced about three years, I started coming coming to this place where I started feeling comfortable with my own ability and understanding it, and understanding the things that I needed to work on. I never worked on the things I was good at. I worked on the things that were my weakness. And I always tell an athlete, they say, "Well, what do what do you tell an athlete athletes to work on. It. I said, "You got to work on your weakness." Everybody already know your strength. You you know your strength of what you can work on, but tell, what are you weak at? Work on that. And I constantly worked on that every off season. I worked on my weakness to get better at things.
0: All right, Daryl. So uh, uh, now let's talk. What you what you got going on these days? Uh, tell me. You know where where this idea for the book came from, and uh, you know top one or two takeaways, uh, core ideas that you want readers to take away from it.
1: Well, the book actually come come about of my life, of uh, the transformation of my life, the change of my life. You know, I'm a totally different person than I was when I was a baseball player. When I was a baseball player, I put on a uniform and I lived the fast life. I lived a heathen life. I was a womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, center chasing life and chasing the excitement of and everything. And, and then I come into a, a relationship with God and has a transfer, transformation in my life. And I bring I come in and I actually just found com- tremendous peace that I've never found. anywhere else. You know, I found found a lot of excitement and a lot of other things when I was out there living. But when I got into this relationship here, I really found a different peace and a calmness about myself and realized that I could live a different way I didn't have to live a foolish way. I didn't have to live in the society of the worldly things and everything that everybody's chasing to make them feel better. And so I came to this greater understanding through that process, and, and the greater re- and came into this relationship that started fulfilling the emptiness of my appetite on the inside of who I was, not what I look like on the outside. I, I think so many of us get consumed about the outside, and we never touch, We never get in touch with the inner person inside and what's really happening there. And So, when I got involved with the inner person inside of myself, I realized that it was more to life and that I had more to give to others. And I think when we realize that it's never really about us when God transforms our life, it's really about us being able to go back and share ourselves and share our experience, strength and hope with others and give them some give them some hope that, you know, your life can be this way too. You can live the fullness of who you are. And I think the takeaways from this is you're not alone because I think in the society that we live in, as crazy as it is, you know, we think oh we're alone in all this craziness. No, you're not alone. I, I, you could stay on the outside, uh, or you could be a follower like like most people are. They follow the crowd. I was never one of those people that followed the crowd. I I, I wanted to follow my own way, and a lot of times my own way got me in trouble, just like following the crowd. But you know, started started understanding that I'm not alone, that I have a source, I have a resource to go to and that I can call upon, you know, to lead me and guide me and and, and bring about great discipline where I don't have to get outside of myself and try things uh, to make me feel better.
0: Was there a specific catalyst to trying to figure these things out? Was there like a, a moment? Was there just, a you know, a, a feeling that you had where you're just like, there's got to be more. I'm looking for something else. Like, is there is there something you remember that was the thing that pushed you in this direction?
1: I think we all go through that. And it's just human nature of, of life. You know, we yeah. see life. We see life one way. We live it for so long and we've been here for so long. And you go, it's got to be something greater than what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know it 's got to be something far greater than who I think I am, and I think when you get beside yourself, somebody had to create us you know and and where did that creation come from and when we start thinking outside of that, then we start searching, and when you start searching, you'll eventually find it you'll you'll find it if you're really looking for it it's It's God himself, you know um because he he's the one created us, you know we didn't create ourselves, you know I mean he gave us the gifts, the talents and he, he gave us everything. That we have. But what what do we use it for? Do we use it for good or do we use it for our own boasting of ourselves? You know, Mm -hmm. and I I realized that I never was one that boasted about myself. So uh, that was already pushed out. That wasn't a concern. Uh, I was more concerned about the happiness of who I am. And the happiness comes from within aligning myself up in a relationship with God. It doesn't come from stuff. You know, we all think stuff is going to make us happy. It's going to make us content. No, it won't make us happy and content. It means we just accumulated a bunch of stuff and we're we're looking for more. You know, if we don't find that contentment inside of ourselves and find the freedom that we're really looking for, because the freedom is really on the inside of who we are. It's an empty void that we try to fill. And we try to fill it with so many other things that never brings satisfaction and we keep chasing it. But I no longer have to chase that. You know, I'm, my dreams and my life of who I am today is far greater than anything that I need to chase.
0: And this is why I love this conversation of, and having this conversation with people like you, Daryl, because it shows that regardless of what you believe in, the internal game is what matters most, right? Like your, the, the external is what matters maybe to other people. But if you don't like yourself, if you can't lay your head on your pillow at night and be okay with you, like what you're talking about earlier, that inner peace, if you can't have that internal game on point, then the external stuff doesn't matter. And even for somebody like you who achieved, you know, the childhood dreams of most red blooded American men in this country of, of playing a professional sport for as long as you did at the level that you did and prioritizing your, your training and your workouts and becoming an all-star and having an illustrious career really even at the end of all of that, you still had to come down to the fact that, like, I got to fix this internal thing or nothing that I did in this entire time period was worth it. Right. So, well,
1: exactly. It, it all becomes meaningless. You yeah. Know, really superfluous. The, yeah. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, because all you all you do is accumulate a bunch of stuff and you look at yourself. But then who are you? I mean, are you living off the fact that you played for all these different teams? Right. And that's it, and that's it. You know, okay. And but the thing is your name is never gonna change. The teams are gonna go away, the crowds are gonna go away, the cheering's gonna go away, then who are you? You know, right. and and a lot of guys can't survive because they can't get away from that. They can't walk away from taking the uniform off. And you know, I'm I'm here it is, I'm a guy that took the uniform off. You know, throughout the trials and tribulations, and I came to the place of I always wanted to find the peace was inside of myself, and I ended up finding that peace was inside of myself and becoming a different person and doing greater things. You know, greater things than just picking up a bat, swinging a bat, and hitting home runs and slapping high fives. You know, there it is. I get to go out there and I get to interact with people who who are who are maybe. And depression, anxiety, and, and and being able to share with them, you know, I've been there and you can get well too. You can get healed on the inside. You know, the healing on the inside is far greater than what it looks like on the outside.
0: All right, guys. So turn your season around. Daryl, is there a place that, a specific place that you want people to go pick that up or just anywhere they, they that they find books typically?
1: You can find books. I mean, you can go to, you can go to amazon.com slash turn your season around. Uh, you can go to findingyourway.com. is my ministry page, and it'll have all the information of different places where you can pick the book up. But I think the book is just, I mean, I've written books before. Okay, I, I got a New York Times bestseller, you know, and, and nothing to brag about. I just happened to my autobiography. But this book here is about purpose, and it's about, you know, it, it will challenge you to, you know, enter into a greater, different place with God for yourself. Uh, so you can see what he created you for. It's far more than you can ever imagine, just just achieving earthly things. But he's got he's got so much more that he wants to do through you. And if you just uh, take the next steps, if you could just take the next steps. I did. I took the next steps. I got away from a society, a worldly society, always looking in that mirror of, you know, if I could do more of this, I could be this. I don't have to be all that. I could be all that he wants me to be because he cre- he created me.
0: So turn your season around. If you're listening right now, go ahead and head over to Amazon, pick up a copy of Daryl's book, and I know that you will not regret that decision. Daryl, I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. This has been a fantastic time, and I love having conversations. Uh, with people who've done anything at a high level, but especially sports, uh, just because I'm such a big sports fan. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? Yes. What profession, other than your own, do you think that it would have been fun to attempt? Golf. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely at the top of
1: my list. That's a, sure. it's a hard one.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're telling me, man. I, I It's one of the most frustrating games at all that I ever play. But for some reason, I still do it. Uh, you know, some yeah, masochistic I, do too. That's what or
1: I wish I wish I had picked it up a lot earlier than later, you know, and, and <laughs> learned about it because it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun once you get the hang of it.
0: Yeah. My, my son is about 20 months old. I played a ton of basketball growing up and uh, my ankles are shot kind of to your point earlier. And so my son's 20 months and I told my wife that he can play any sport he wants to. In addition to golf, <laughs> so like <laughs> golf, yeah, like that's the required one, but and then and yeah. whatever else you want to do
1: on top of that, yeah. That's good.
0: <laughs> if you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be?
1: Probably uh, someone like Dr. Martin Luther King.
0: How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos. Books. What's a book that you would recommend to every person in the audience?
1: The Bible. Give
0: us a glimpse of your morning
1: routine. Well, I usually get up and first thing I do is probably, you know, probably get myself set for some coffee and some real worship, you know gospel music, real worship. Um, that's how I enter in every day.
0: What is your go-to bump up song?
1: It's a song called Waymaker. Waymaker. And who's that by? Michael W. Smith. Oh, okay. Got it.
0: What is something that you are just not very good at? Singing. <laughs>
1: that's a good one. That's a good one.
0: As we get everything wrapped up here, Daryl, what's one place online where our listeners can go to connect with you the most?
1: Online, they can connect with me on um, Instagram, DarylStrawberry18. Awesome, DarylStrawberry18
0: over on Instagram. Go check out some of the stuff that he's putting out there and then go pick up a copy of Turn Your Season Around on Amazon you will not regret it. Daryl, thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with me on the show for a little bit. I had a fantastic time.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Travis. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded
0: people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.